0: anything can happen so yeah just keep chasing possibilities
1: welcome to the pixel paper podcast a series where we get to know the creative processes behind up-and-coming digital artists my name is noor graphic designer and work-in-progress artist and i'll be your host for this series Welcome to another episode of the podcast, where today's guest is a multicultural globe trotter. Brian Ko is originally from South Korea, he grew up in South India, and he learned illustration from the south of the UK in London. Sorry, I just had to make that match. Brian Ko talks us through his really fascinating life, how he developed his illustration career, and how his multiple cultural identities have influenced him and his craft. This is probably, no actually, it is the most unique episode we've had so far just because of how many tangents we go on and how interesting Brian's experiences are. And on top of that, it's more unique because we actually did an interview in Korean. So I just asked him a few questions uh, in Korean and you can check it out on YouTube where there will be subtitles so you can just listen to him from a different perspective and hear what he has to say. Uh, The link will be in the description or you can check the Instagram, Pixel Paper Podcast, where the link will be in the bio. It's not a super long video but if you are interested you can check it out. With that, I hope you will enjoy this English interview with Brian Ko. Hi, Brian, how are you?
0: I know I'm good, how are you?
1: I'm good, thank you so much. So for the sake of our audience, can you please introduce yourself?
0: All right, um, so hi, I'm Juno Ko, uh, AKA Becologic. Um I'm an illustrator. I studied in England and came back, uh, currently based in Korea. Um, yeah, basically drawing is what I do, my hobby. Everything I've known of, and I all my drawings are about um, myself and um, how I uh, my perception of uh, the environment around me, and I try to uh, reflect them and you know uh, reflect them into my drawings. Mm -hmm. That's what I do.
1: Mm, That's really cool, Um, and I think the reason I wanted to interview you is not just because your drawings are really really good but also your cultural background really fascinated me so could you tell us a bit more about that
0: yeah um till 15 till when i was 15 i lived in korea 14 mm-hmm. 15 mm-hmm. 14-ish uh lived in korea and then i moved to india more specifically okay. Chennai, mm-hmm. um because my dad uh, was sent to uh, sent from the company to work there and then uh, I lived there for five and a half years. Mm. Uh, and then for the university, I moved to uh, London, uh, mm. or specifically Kingston, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, I studied there. Uh, that's uh, how my cultural background is. So, um, yeah.
1: yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. It's multi,
0: multicultural uh, <laughs> thing that I have.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, that's really cool. So... You lived in India, but I read that you didn't like it at first. Um, how, did you come to enjoy it yeah. eventually?
0: It's not like I didn't like the culture and the country. It was it was a transition. It was like a, that rapid transition. Like I didn't have much time to prepare for the uh, you know new environment. It was all it was all in sudden to move there. Uh, it was like a decision that was made like within the month.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, so wow. <laughs> I only
0: had like a month time to prepare for you know giving up everything in Korea I friends you know what I've been studying what I've been thinking about the future everything has been changed so I was I was quite in black when I moved to India that's that's how I didn't like really enjoy the culture and everything I still really <laughs> love the food I mean the, the only thing that like really relieved me was the food uh, in Chennai (laughs) Uh, frankly like yeah it was really good I mean that was the one biggest thing that I uh, that helped me through the time uh, in India at first but then I became to like the culture really Um, you know it's really different and it's it's you know it's everything was like all new to me you know like it always happens when you face something new it's just at first you just don't really feel it and then you get used to it and then you come to like it and then you know uh, that's how it goes so that mm. was that was the same for me too
1: yeah and it was de- it was like a, at a time that's really kind of pivotal for everyone because you moved at 14 15 that's like a really tough time anyway you know?
0: yeah yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly do you think that indian culture has come to influence you and your art
0: uh definitely yes yes um well in korea um first of all everything i would say is in the box um everything is you know all the buildings are just you know squares it's all of, it's all about the squares and simplicity here in here in korea but then you know india isn't much like that there's a lot of temples you know you know, more vibe, um, vibrant, vibrant um, environments, like, you know, there's much trees, a lot of you know, nature, natural things. And that's, that was the fascinating thing for me. And, you know, everything in India is quite, um, how to put it, uh, you know, um, it's quite really mixed up. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's the right word to say. Yeah, no, no, I,
1: I understand. Everything is
0: like, really jumbled up
1: yes, uh, yeah.
0: harmoniously uh-huh.
1: um,
0: there's it's quite the cultural uh co- color of the culture is quite strong there but there is like a lot of culture mixed in it uh, i would say that's that's the indian culture but there's like a lot of people it's it's a it's a big country so there's, you know a lot of things going on there and that's all just harmoniously um, mixed up. And I really liked about that. And that's how uh, my drawings now are quite complicated. But I try to find the harmon- harmony uh, inside them.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's really interesting. I think it, it must have been a big change, especially because Korea is such a homogenous society. And then you go to India, which is just very multicultural and diverse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But having said that, um, I've found that actually um, South Indian culture, in particular Tamil culture, it's quite similar to Korean culture. Do you do you think the same from your experience?
0: I found uh, some languages uh, the same, uh, especially omma and appa is the same. And a lot of other other words are the same. I, I don't remember it now because it's been like seven, seven eight years now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, well, the culture, I really didn't feel like it's similar. I mean, those two are similar, but there's definitely something um, very hmm, egoistic.
1: Egoistic, oh, that's an interesting word. <laughs> egoistic,
0: if, if it's, I don't know if it's the right word. Um, what do you mean by that? Uh, wait, let me search. Uh, Confucian.
1: Confucian, okay, okay. Like yeah, very Confucian
0: culture is quite similar, I would Like say. the
1: hierarchy kind of thing?
0: Yeah, the hierarchy. Ah,
1: uh, yeah. That yeah, was point. that's true. I think that's probably a Pan-Asia thing. You know, it's like yeah, if you compare yeah. Asian and Western culture, it's it, Asia <laughs> is very much like hierarchy kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and you mentioned also the colors of India. Like the, India is very colorful. Um, yes. And I feel like yes, your definitely. artwork, it's... I wouldn't say it's colorful but you do have a lot of bright colors and things like that so I mean, oh yeah the
0: color yeah, yeah. colors are the biggest uh, inspiration that I got from India too um, it's really vibrant and when you go into temple like one of the most inspirational thing for me was that when you go to temple on the ground there's like a, a I don't know like the exact name for it but there's like a sand art they um, done um, I knew I knew the name but yeah that was that was like really his barring and like his, um geometric shapes and you know looks
1: uh-huh.
0: was a big inspiration
1: cool wow yeah i mean it sounds like you've really taken a lot from that.
0: yeah like like once i was really into henna like uh, uh-huh. the, the tattoo thing
1: yeah, yeah yeah
0: so yeah i used to do that too
1: oh really um
0: on- not on my body oh, okay. <laughs> on the wall because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah. i yeah. went to a backpack trip to himalayas and uh-huh. i uh, uh, came to uh, get one of those henna um the um liquids mm. and um yeah that's what i used to do in the free time around mm-hmm. the trip
1: mm. yeah that's cool that's interesting and your artwork, it has like a very bold and dynamic style. So how did you come to this style? Did it take a long time or was it just innate, natural?
0: Uh, it does take a long time. I One thing that I do is that um, I put a lot of thought into one drawing. It looks um, complicated and, and otherwise it's simple, uh, you know. But I try to convey a lot of meanings in that. I know a lot of people... I don't think a lot of people catch it, but there is actually a lot of meaning. And you know, to convey all those um, meanings that I want to put into my drawings, um, it has to be quite complicated. And there's going to be a lot of objects mixed up, like jumbled up. You know, you know how I said about the Indian culture mm. and how I think about it. It's all the same.
1: Yeah. Mm. Okay.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of things going on.
1: Uh-huh. And do you think that the viewer should understand the meaning behind the work or it's it's just for you?
0: Um I don't know. Well, depends. I I don't exactly think everyone should understand what I do. It's just uh hopefully they do, but um I know it's hard to just look at it and, and understand what everything that I think. So that's that's just my hopes Mm
1: -hmm. yeah no I think sometimes like I'm looking through your website now and I think sometimes it's clear and sometimes it's kind of a bit more abstract even though the shapes themselves may represent a person or an animal or something I guess it's just the intent of the image right yeah yeah okay cool and what's your art process like I mean how do you start the piece and how do you get to the final result
0: hmm Um, first thing is like in my everyday life, I always think about the drawing, like what to do next and, you know, what to draw and everything I see, I think about how to put them into my drawings. It sounds quite geeky, but (laughs) I do. (laughs) So, uh, that's how I start. I started thinking about like what to draw and how to combine them and make them look good. Um. And then I start, uh, I just start drawing. I, I don't really do much sketching. I just um, think while I draw <laughs> I just, yeah, I, st- I start off with like finishing one object and what to do, like how to decorate them. Um, and that's how my process go. Uh, I used to do um, the hand drawing much. Uh, Hand drawing, I mean, w- with a pencil and actual objects. But then, as you might already know, I moved a lot. Um, even in even in the same country, I moved uh, like from here to there, Korea to India, India to you know UK, UK back back to India, and then back to Korea for the army, back to UK. That wow. that was like <laughs> my <ridiculous>. ten years, <laughs> moving like every two years I had to move, wow. um, two or one year. Like I never had like a solid place to stay wow so that's how I moved to digital like uh-huh. while I was moving every art of opt- like art uh, was the art tools that I had hmm. I kind of like leave it to my friends and then move so I uh-huh. couldn't buy like everything like wow. every time so digital was like that's how I started digital because
1: uh-huh. right.
0: <laughs> okay. Convenience,
1: right I just had like
0: yeah, bring my computer and then tablet. That's all. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. That's really interesting. But do you I mean, are you settled now in one place? Would you say or no? Um
0: uh, I wouldn't say because it's oh, okay. it's kinda like my jinx. Like every two years I have to move <laughs> somehow. I don't really feel, you know, fine staying at one place. Uh-huh. So even for this house that I'm living now, um, our contract is for two years
1: uh-huh. okay <laughs> I don't know
0: what's gonna happen next it's quite interesting. interesting too it's it's quite fascinating to think about like what where I should go and what I should see and what I'm gonna experience
1: yeah I mean to be honest I think a lot of anyone who's listening who's kind of um like yourself, like a third generation immigrant. Like they can kind of relate to that. Because I have a lot of friends. Because living in the Middle East, yeah. everyone's um I live in Dubai by the way. <laughs> I don't know if I told you. Oh yeah. Yeah. So living in the Middle East, everyone's kind of an expat. So everyone's kind of like a floating bubble. So it's kind of relatable what you were saying about oh, I see. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so digital Dubai. kind of came about um just out of convenience then. Uh
0: yeah, it's a convenient thing. Uh mm. well. It's quite simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a program, mm-hmm. computer. I can work at anywhere I want.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, it's quite easy to fix anything <gasps> that I do wrong. Control Z. <laughs> yes, Control Z. <laughs> and, uh, mm. It's easy to send my words to the mm. clients. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what they prefer. <laughs> they want something to be fixed. And mm-hmm. then you know, it's easy to make. Uh, uh implements Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah Mm
1: -hmm. that's interesting and you just mentioned clients so I have another question actually um Mm -hmm. how how do you know what client work to take on like do you just take on anything or are you selective about Mm -hmm. your client
0: work I used to send a lot of uh, my portfolios to a lot of uh, the potential climate uh -hmm. clients Mm um of course I didn't get reply from like Mm -hmm. like any of them, <laughs> like one out of hundreds, two hundred mm-hmm. would, you know, answer back. Yeah, but course, still,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah
0: I would still send the, I would still send the uh, proposal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the, the point is, uh, I don't. As a freelance illustrator, you don't uh, expect anyone to answer you back.
1: Yeah, of course. <laughs> when, when
0: it's not appointed. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: but the point is that you try you keep trying and you keep trying to show people what you do and mm-hmm. uh, tell people what you can do mm-hmm. and then, well eventually they'll they'll find you because mm-hmm. it's in their memory now like mm-hmm. like well there's a possibility that they didn't, ha- they didn't see the they didn't read the email at all but there's a there's also a possibility they read the email but they didn't want to reply you back mm-hmm. and then uh if if they read the email and seen your work and and they they just didn't want to reply you back that is in their memory so Mm -hmm. one day if they need something they could they could come back to you Mm -hmm. and you know God knows what they they might have shown their friends my work and Mm -hmm. their friends liked my work and then they wanted to give me a work give me a work and that's how i got the work and you know anything can happen yeah. so yeah just keep chasing possibilities uh-huh.
1: that's that's a good advice definitely
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think because we because people if they're for example applying for jobs like you can send out hundreds of applications but you start getting quite depressed you know when you're not hearing things back
0: yeah it was quite depressing for me too mm, but yeah. like it's been two two and a half years since i've graduated from okay. the, the uni and then it's quite normal for two years for the illustrate freelance illustrators to be to have a hard time. Like, Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's quite normal. Two years. Mm. Two years is just, it's, it's a hurdle. It's a huddle. hurdle? Hurdle? Mm. Hurdle, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a hurdle. Two yeah. years is a hurdle. Mm. After that, if you still don't get any, you know, nothing, still don't get depressed. Keep trying. <laughs> yeah Yeah. because once you get start getting the work and then that's like a, that's a boom uh, you get you, you'll be bombarded with the, mm. all the work you have yeah. to, you actually have to choose uh, mm. to make time to you know work on specific things
1: mm-hmm. yeah I guess it's mm-hmm. just pushing through until you see the light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel yeah yeah and what made you want to choose illustration for uni?
0: Well, I actually um, didn't think of this kind of illustration when I started. Uh, when I thought of coming to uh, going to Kingston, because mm. what I was interested in was game arts, like oh, concept okay. art. Concept art, yeah. Yeah, concept art, because uh, I was really interested in uh, depicting the uh, realistic
1: uh-huh.
0: things, like okay. realistic, looking sci-fi things. Mm.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: so yeah. when I thought illustration, I was thinking game illustration. So mm-hmm. I was hoping that I could learn also learn the game illustration in mm. Kingston, but def- it was definitely not their taste um, in Kingston. So <laughs> yeah, at first I was quite confused. Um I didn't really like, you know, specifically thinking of uh, like exactly game arts. I was also interested in fashion. So I applied for a fashion design Mm. to not only in the UK, also in the US, Uh, fine arts was one of my interests too. So I didn't, I wasn't really sure about like illustration but then Kingston, they had illustration and animation VA course. So I was, my hopes were uh, learning animation too, uh, you know 3d animation i wanted to make those uh, mm-hmm. awesome game trailers uh, that i see every day on youtube uh but then, it was a it was quite yeah it was a, it was a wrong hope so mm-hmm. i was confused i was confused at first but then i started to
1: <laughs>
0: that, you know when i first saw all those you know um, hand-drawn illustrations oh. i didn't really feel fascinated i really thought like on the Only the realistic drawings were the real drawings at that time. So I used to think that illustrations were like a childish thing. uh, What kids would like. I looking at all those amazing artists in Kingston. um, I came to really feel interested like from the second grade and then uh, the second year. And then I really fell into it. Yeah. I started, you know, searching for all those illustrators around the world. And then, yeah, I really see more, um, uh, possibilities to grow as an illustrator in the real illustration, <laughs> real illustration. Yeah. Cause I thought I thought game arts as a uh, doing the game arts, there was like a some kind of um, limit to how much I can do. Cause at some point when you reach like reach like at some point uh, doing a realistic drawing that ends there. Um, You know, there's much design and it's probably that I something that I don't know. But yeah, you know. I love illustration. Uh, I started liking illustrations more uh, while I was studying in Kingston and then mm. you know, yeah that's how I uh, end up doing this uh, chasing mm. my own style.
1: Mm. Yeah that's that's really cool I mean like going from wanting to do concept art to kind of finding yourself doing illustration. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah I think that's really interesting especially because you actually have a very conceptual style so I, I would have thought that you would have had this since you were younger kind of thing. Like, I would never have thought you'd have been a realistic kind of artist. I mean, what what were you like growing up? What kind of art did you make?
0: Uh, what kind of art did I make?
1: Yeah, like, was it more realistic or was it more...
0: My ma, ma was a designer, a product designer. Oh, okay. okay. So, well, I was obviously really uh, interested in drawing uh, uh-huh. while I was growing up. And uh-huh. then... <laughs> The drawings that I made. I I might still have my uh, Flickr account that I uh, <laughs> post, posted, uh, my old drawings, but oh, well. they're all just uh, cop, you know, phot- copying the photo, uh, realistic drawings, and car- a bit of cartoony drawings too.
1: So- how was your experience in Kingston? You know, what was it like moving from India to the UK? How did you find living in the UK?
0: Um, Kingston was really good. I mean, the the, mm. the tutors tutors were, like, really, really good. I, di- mm. um, I didn't think at first, um, <laughs> to be honest. Because, <laughs> I you know, as I said, I didn't really like the style of, of Kingston. Um, or, uh-huh. um, uh, illustrative styles I didn't really like. But then... Um, while studying there, uh, like the students who studied there were truly amazing. Uh, I don't know if you know, but Joy Yu, um, Charlotte Aga, (laughs) Aja, and uh, who else, Uh, Tess Tess Smith Roberts. Uh, She was there too. A lot of like uh, good artists were there and I was blessed to be studying with them and then I got a lot of inspirations from them too. Uh, a lot of motivations, I still do. And um, Yeah, that Kingston, um, their program, like lets you to think about like what you want to do, like what kind of style you want to, you know, pursue. that mm-hmm. uh, you want to you chase mm-hmm. as a freelance mm-hmm. illustrator. Cause not every illustrator ha- should have, same uh, style mm. so they give you time to think about like what you really want to do um, and they give you feedback about like what people will think about your new style uh, if you have any mm. new style any new style and then mm. that really helps because they they are the ones who are famous in their own fields and mm. they're giving you that feedback and it really helps too. So, um, especially um, when I was like uh, making my own sign, a uh, small book, uh, mm-hmm. I used to get a lot of feedback about like how to form a story because, um, you know, a lot of those tutors had a had, do have an experience of making their own book and, you know, drawing a illustration for illustrations for the book. And they mm-hmm. taught me a lot of like how to, you know, Make people understand what you want to, what you want to talk mm. by uh, by those drawings, and uh, it really helped.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm, cool. And do you think it's important to maintain the same style as an illustrator?
0: Um, depends. I think if you have a definite style, uh, it re- it definitely does uh, help. Hmm. Well, if you're not thinking of becoming, okay, there's a two way in freelance illustrations. Uh, One is you becoming an artist and another one is just being a freelance illustrator, which means that you do um, any work that you get uh, to fit the taste of the client. Um, For example, if the client wants a specific style from other illustrator, such so uh, as let's say um, the Harry Potter um, book illustration style, you, you should be able to do that. Uh, not in your own style, in their style. But if you wanna be an artist, you, you will have your own style that uh, fascinates other people and that's, that should be enough. So I think there's two way. And if you, um, you wanna choose either path um it really depends like what you want to go which path you want to take so it's not really important to keep your style if that's not your uh aim
1: Mm, yeah and when you're doing client work do you generally tend to stick to your style or are you asked to change your style Mm,
0: I uh stick to my style I Mm. most of the times stick to my style and uh I kind of push them to accept that because <laughs> because they they asked me to do yeah, that work and I'm I I have this style and I don't want them to change that because you know it's it's not about this work it's about the the work that I will have in the future too
1: because
0: yeah. the clients will see what I've done and then it's like I'm making my own portfolio. And, uh, yeah, I push them to, I kind of push, uh, softly, softly push them to do it. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that makes sense. I mean, if they're asking you, then clearly they like your style, you know, as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard that, well, I didn't hear, I read that you had a bit of a, a shock when you went to Kingston because... You know, you you thought that everyone was really good there. So, did you kind of have imposter syndrome?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing. One thing for me was that I didn't do foundation. I went straight into the first a uh, first year, and then guys there uh, they had they already had a foundation year. then they knew what was going on, and uh, it was. It was really my first time doing any of the projects with the drawing. I, The only thing I had done until then was, you know, for copying the photo <laughs> or draw the real thing and uh, drawing the scenery or drawing people that I've seen. And that's what I have been do- had been doing. And that's all I've known. And what they were asking in Kingston was to really think about like, uh, the abstract things. Uh, they even had a class to, you know, make a house, you know, like a small house out of our own clothing. And that was like, <laughs> what? Um, well, they kind of like tried to put your uh, creativity to the extreme. <laughs> the, um, that was all new to me. And it was that that's where I felt really hard. Mm. Um, yeah, getting into the mm. uh, the course.
1: Mm. So how did you catch up with the other students, let's say?
0: Hmm. I didn't. I don't, I don't know. Like, I didn't really catch up at first year. Uh, first year, I didn't know, like, what to do. And, you know, I really had no idea.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then, then after the first year, I went to the army. Mm. For two years, uh, back in South Korea, it was like mm. a compulsory thing. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: in there, I had a lot of thoughts. I mm. I wasn't even sure about going back to Kingston after mm. uh, you know getting dismissed. Mm. But then, um, before about like two to three months uh, of the dismission, dismissal, um, I kept thinking about like how to really uh, accept there's uh what they teach in kingston and you know how to like what to really do like the first what's the thing that i should do uh to really get good at my grades and then you know i kind of figured out like just just accepting like what they teach but then i started like accepting that like okay they Mm -hmm. know what they're doing and um that that's where i'm why i'm here for Mm -hmm. so start, uh, starting from that, I really started like learning from the second grade. Oh, I keep saying grades. Second year.
1: Yeah. So we talked about your Kingston experience and all of that. Um, so let's talk about what you're doing right now. I mean, I've heard that you're preparing for an exhibition. Is that correct?
0: Uh, yes, exhibition. I have two exhibitions coming. One in uh, October and one next year and one is actually uh, is going now um live on uh there's there's a big uh convention hall uh here in korea called coex uh, uh the underground panorama which is like hundred meters uh tv basically uh there's my um yeah work uh showing wow, popping up that's amazing. And then,
1: congratulations <laughs> yeah it's
0: quite amazing for yeah just just for uh just for a month um and then i'm working on a few very interesting projects that's why i'm not posting on instagram uh recently because i've been <laughs> yeah i've been tied up to these works and then yeah hopefully i can share them very soon
1: mm-hmm. yeah and how is it What's it like preparing for an exhibition? Because you're the first, I think you're probably the first artist I've interviewed who's got an exhibition. (laughs) So what's it like? Tell us about it.
0: I had, uh, until now I had uh, about four um, exhibitions, two solo and uh, two group exhibitions. And another one coming uh, in October is a solo exhibition. And as a freelance illustrator, having an, an exhibition, um is not much likely uh I mean uh, not, not not many of uh freelance illustrators do uh exhibitions mm-hmm. because they're too busy <laughs> to prepare for any
1: okay and
0: they have a lot of work <laughs> and uh by the time I was decided I decided uh having an exhibition I was quite free mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of regret now uh. that I, but but it's all good um i think it's interesting to you know interact with the people that that, who doesn't know my work Mm. and you know completely fresh to my work and they give me those feedbacks and they give me those ideas like what they think about my drawings and what uh, how they feel and that really uh helps me to you know um go on with uh go on and improve my work Mm. and then and that's i think that's the good thing about Mm. exhibition um and of course uh, you know some people will want to buy some of my Mm. art Mm. and that's the one big thing uh about the exhibition too and uh yeah
1: Mm. because
0: one thing about uh freelance illustrators uh illustrator is that your income is um unstable Mm. Um, Mm. it's not you know it's not they're paying you every month uh, every time um, continuously Uh, you just have to find your work and it's always important to uh, find an opportunity to make your living Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then yeah inclusion is like one thing that helps me uh, on that too on that aspect too Mm.
1: And have you gotten client work through
0: exhibitions? Um, let me think. Hmm. Yeah,
1: mm. not
0: direct directly because it was not from exhibition. Right. Uh, some of the clients that I knew, they didn't really give me work. Gave me work before the exhibition, but they came to my exhibition, and after that, they kind of like decided to give me some some mm-hmm. of the work mm-hmm. so not directly mm-hmm. from the exhibition I would say but yeah kind of
1: mm-hmm. okay and,
0: cool. uh, um, exhibitions uh, kind of like gives me a lot of fans uh, like local fans mm-hmm. uh,
1: but,
0: uh, for example if I'm uh, if you're in um, you know Berlin um, or London, you know there's there's people completely are unaware of what you do and those people come to this place and see your work and yeah. like it and become your fan and that's that's the that's a very interesting thing
1: mm-hmm. yeah so you've had exhibitions in uh, germany right yeah it, mm-hmm. i did mm-hmm. and how's the experience <laughs> differ from like seoul to berlin let's say
0: uh berlin <laughs> Berlin is a very wild place.
1: <laughs> really, uh, <laughs> uh, I
0: don't know, cause, cause, it was a multicultural event mm. Uh, mm. in Berlin. Mm. It was not like an exhibition. The exhibition is more. It was more like an interaction okay. uh, of the artists in oh. Berlin. Okay. So I think, I think there is a difference. I I, I would I wouldn't you know quite say um As an exhibition, uh, yeah. exhibition aspect, but um, it was quite wild.
1: Wild, as in like just in terms of the multiculturalism aspect.
0: Y- yeah, mm-hmm. and the you know people people are different mm-hmm. uh, here in South Korea. People are quite you know mm, quiet, and you know mm. they they always keep quiet. Even in the even in the underground, they uh-huh. keep quiet. Uh-huh. If you make like a small noise, they will, all, they, you know, they will all stare at you. Like, what noise are you making? That's what they do here. But you know, in Berlin, it's quite free. Mm. Everyone's free, and um, yeah, I think that's mm. the difference about like how they uh, take the exhibition.
1: Mm. Was it a shock to yeah. you? Kind of like the freedom, let's say
0: um partially (laughs) nightlife was quite uh shocking but it was fun Uh
1: uh-huh because i feel like because you lived in india like surely you would have been exposed to you know that kind of thing already oh yeah so yeah
0: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) but berlin was on another level
1: (laughs) okay okay (laughs) interesting all right um i wanted to ask actually i it would be interesting to know what advice would you give to your past self right before you move mm-hmm. to india and then right before mm-hmm. you move to the uk what advice would you give yourself
0: okay uh, to myself before india i would say i would tell to myself don't get afraid um, it's all gonna be fine because i was afraid that i would lose everything that i mm-hmm. was building up until then, uh, when I moved to India mm. and that was t- that was not true. Mm. Um, everything still kept going on. Mm. And I always had a place to be and, you know, decision to make a good de- decision mm. to make. So mm. I want to tell to myself, it's all going to be fine.
1: Mm.
0: And uh, to myself, to before uh, the UK. I want to tell to myself, just be myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a lot of free time uh, for the first time in my life uh, in the coming going to UK. Uh-huh. And then that really helped me um, in my work now because I've experienced a lot uh, mm-hmm. in the first year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I've done a lot of things. Uh, I well, you know, especially going to like, you know, nightlife, you know, that was all new mm-hmm. to me because uh, back in India, I was, as a foreigner, I was quite afraid going out in at, at the, you know, at, at, night, at night. Yeah. And then in the UK, I was quite afraid to go out. So I just want to tell to myself, yeah, yeah, just enjoy. Go play.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I think... Um... I've asked all the questions that I wanted to say for this part of the interview, but do you have any comments or anything that you'd like to say before we end this? Uh,
0: well, mm, thanks for the good questions.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode with Brian. I thoroughly enjoyed talking with him and learning how all of his experiences have kind of shaped him up until now. It was just like super fascinating, super inspiring. And don't forget, if you're interested, you can check out the Korean interview on YouTube. The link will be in the podcast description, or you can head over to the Instagram at pixelpaperpodcast and click the link in the bio. And you can also hear me stutter through my Korean. (laughs) Anyways, I will see you next week for another fantastical episode on the Pixel Paper Podcast. Bye!